0: Hi, everybody. You're listening to Are We Caught Up Yet? Marvel Edition. Um, It's me, Brianna. Hi. (laughs) You can find us on youtube.com slash save the game media and podcast services. Um, If you want to show some extra love and get early access, you can go to patreon.com slash save the game media. Uh, You can join for even just one dollar. Hi, Luna. Um, Today, I am joined by my co-host and friend, Sam, and also Luna, I guess. (laughs) So. You can't even see her.
1: <laughs>
0: She's so cute. She looks exactly like Toothless. I have a pillow of Toothless's face and they look they're twins. They don't, don't
1: don't get me started on how to train your dragon.
0: You better enjoy how to train your dragon, because if you don't, we're gonna have fights. Abysmal. You're joking, right? <laughs> you have to be joshing.
1: Yes, yes and no. Okay. It is. It's. It's a good film. Terrible adaptation of the book.
0: Oh, uh, I've not. Oh, yes, I actually did read the very first. Because it's a series, right? Mm-hmm. I read the very first book, and you're right. It's very nothing like the not. book.
1: <laughs> like because knows. Toothless is meant to be a tiny little green thing with no teeth, not some he's legendary, mythic killing machine black dragon.
0: But he's really cute.
1: Hiccup doesn't lose a leg.
0: Well, sometimes that stuff happens. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was their interpretation. They're like, this has to mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, these, to like... these actual illustrations of a tiny green dragon. Yeah. They must mean black a gigantic with green eyes. black one. <laughs> yeah.
0: That has to be it. Honestly, yeah. one of my favorite things. Um, She's actually been on um, a couple of different shows, but my friend Giselle, um, one of my best friends from college, she, one time I messed up and I had called um, How to Train Your Dragon, a Pixar film. (laughs) Which, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, silly mistake, right? It's, they're all like kind of similar companies, whatever, right? Um, she got so unreasonably mad <laughs> that for the rest of college I'd be like, that would be my running joke is I would be like, oh, what's your f- guys' favorite Pixar film? And I would ask a whole group of people, and then I'd be like, Why is how to train your dragon? <laughs> Cause she would get so mad every time. She'd be like, Brianna, I told you it's not a Pixar film. <laughs> and one time I even made a um, I made a poster. Instead of having the DreamWorks logo at <laughs> the Pixar logo. Mm. This is what we do with our time when we're college students and have no free time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very fond of that film for many reasons, but that's one of them for sure. All right, uh, before we get started on Guardians Volume two, how are you and what have you been watching?
1: Tired, very busy. You know, usual. Yeah. Don't need to delve into that. Um, Did you get sleep
0: last night? I know you said you had only gotten like four hours the night before, or something. Like
1: that. More, but not not much. Mm.
0: Um, okay, well, more than four is good. I'm at five, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I um, nearly finished with Ahsoka. Um. Me and my dad have one more episode to go of that. How
0: is thoroughly it? thoroughly enjoying it. Good.
1: One of the better Star Wars Disney Plus shows.
0: Better or worse than Mando?
1: Depends on which season of Mando you're talking about.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. I have no, I've never seen a single episode, so.
1: I mean, Andor is at the top. Just because it's the kind of stuff, it's the grittier stuff that I like.
0: Ah, um, of course. I
1: mean, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars film. Which is a hot take for some, and like that a no is a really acquired. hot take. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rogue One is like the best Star Wars film, so, yeah. um, certainly since Disney acquired Star Wars. But anyway, um, yeah, so like Ahsoka's up there. I might put like Mando season two just below Andor, and then maybe Ahsoka. Um, so it's pretty high yep. it's, it's, it's good um, Hope they stick to the landing One more episode to go And then the only other thing I've watched this week Is the first episode of Lurkey Season 2
0: Oh, I'm so jealous that you're watching that
1: Yeah
0: I'm sure I'll see a bunch of edits From the thirsty TikTok people So
1: You almost certainly will <laughs> um, It's fantastic thus far Obviously, uh, I'll reserve fully talking about it because one spoilers for you and for people listening I guess and also we'll be covering it at some point anyway um, but yeah it's it's continuing the trend of the, the first series um, yeah oh. and what I'm going to say MVP Kiki Kwan.
0: Okay, okay, sounds good. Random, but because you were talking about Rogue One, obviously my brain went to the Rogue One. Gary Whitta, did you see he has like a new book that came out last month? Gun Dog. Yeah. Have you read it? Just curious. No. Not that you have time to read, but
1: <laughs> no. Well, I mean, technically, I, I, I do Getting have time reviews. to read. I am currently reading a book, but um.
0: Oh, what are you currently reading
1: i'm currently reading I, I can't remember the title so i'm gonna have to look it up i'm gonna have to go get it
0: Dang. what is it oh that yeah of water? course i
1: don't know why i didn't why that didn't keep in my head i'm reading american prometheus which is the um sort of biography on uh oppenheimer
0: oh how's that that looks like a really big um, book.
1: It, it is a very big book. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, But it's got... It, don't worry. It's got... Uh, it does have some pictures in it.
0: Ah, so, um, okay. So you basically know, you're reading a picture book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> there's some coloring in there as well. Um, <laughs> just to keep me entertained. It's a very dry book. Um, but that's what I was expecting. And it's what I like. Um, you like not- dry books? Well, I mean, not from, like, reading in general, but for what, like, because this is, I mean, this is obviously in response to me seeing the film. Ah, okay, okay. Oppenheimer. um, And finding the man depicted in the film very interesting and wanting to learn about, you know, the actual real run of events, which is pretty much the film anyway, but just to Mm -hmm. get a bit more deeper insight into his psychology and how... What he did with the manhattan project how that affected him hmm. um okay so it's just a lot of names a lot of terminology a lot of this committee met with this committee and discussed this thing lots of dates and jargon um hmm. but I, I wouldn't want it to be like a not a fictionalized thing but i don't i don't want it to be a like a dramatized deadly, person. yeah Okay. Yeah. I'll I don't sense. want to be reading it like a story. I want to read it like step by step. This is how his life played out. Yeah. Which is what a biography is. But you know what I mean. I want it to be as dry as possible because it's obviously very um tough subject material, really. Um and I said it before, but the the film is probably gonna end up being my favorite film of all time. Huh. Um because I love stuff that challenges me and makes me think, and some of the stuff posed in that film, and obviously, to him in real life as the real person he was, um, I found it extremely compelling. So,
0: yeah,
1: I was like, I have to read it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that you not that <laughs> didn't know that you read in general, not that you couldn't read. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Read. To <laughs> clarify,
1: <laughs> yeah, hence the pictures. One
0: of, one of my friends in um college he had this running bit that he would always like say he couldn't read at every given opportunity his name was well he had a different name but we called him nutmeg because he told us his name was nutmeg he was a really bizarre person (laughs) yeah you don't say yeah yeah yeah. not that his real name was like any his real name was sterling so Nutmeg versus. I mean that Star was Williams. further
1: afield than I was expecting.
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> anyway, so yeah, he would always like just randomly. I can't read. And I was like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I can sense that getting annoying very quickly.
0: It actually wasn't. He was really good at comedic timing. So I'm not good at it, but he was. So um uh, yeah. okay. Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, I watched. Um, so I went to the Leica exhibit while I was in Washington, and so I wanted to watch Missing Link because it's being removed from Netflix in the US. So I watched Missing Link for the first time, that was really good. And then is that watched... the
1: animated thing about the Sasquatch?
0: Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, it was pretty good like films are really cool
1: yeah
0: um so you got all that stuff like because i saw a bunch of that stuff in person too like the sets and stuff like that it was anyways it was cool um and then i watched all of season one of sex education
1: mm. um
0: which was for the first good? time or yeah i've never seen any ah, Sex education yeah my bestie said Brianna, i think you'd like this show i said okay
1: It's a a good show.
0: I started watching it on the big TV, which I never watch anything on the big TV. And let me tell you, that was a mistake. (laughs) I was like, well, well, this is going on the iPad (laughs) with headphones. Mm. (laughs) So I I don't know
1: what you expected.
0: Not a sex scene.
1: Sorry, what's the first word of the show again?
0: Sex education, not lots of sex.
1: (laughs) But I'm sure you could infer that it's probably I really
0: couldn't. I'm not telling you. I'm I'm not joking. Like, I'm telling you, it shocked me.
1: Yeah. That's why you're disappointed that Ted Lasso didn't have any cowboys. (laughs) What?
0: What does Ted Lasso have to do with cowboys? Lasso. Also, Ted, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Head Lasso is genuinely one of my favorite shows of all time.
1: It's all right. People are allowed to have wrong opinions. It's fine.
0: We will have words later. <laughs>
1: it's obviously a, a bit because I haven't even seen it. So it's like you know. Listen. I can't tell you you're okay. wrong when I don't know what it is you're talking about. I mean, I know Roy what Kent, you're talking about, but
0: the guy who plays Roy Kent. One, really funny, two, really attractive. What more, more do you need? Kent. Yeah.
1: I'm What's his act? Asking. What's his
0: real name? Uh Brett Goldstein.
1: Oh he
0: is so handsome. And there's That's also a guy new. in there named Sam. His name's Sam Obisarna.
1: Horrific looking. Yeah.
0: He's really attractive as well. So
1: Brett Goldstein.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen him before. I can't remember where.
0: I have never seen him before. I have like a lot of these actors are like actors that just like didn't exist to me until this show. Yeah. So, Which was interesting. It made the show feel weirdly more real because I'd never like seen any of these people before. Oh, he's in Thor Love and Thunder.
1: You just spoiled yourself for the future, Brie.
0: I was looking at his filmography.
1: (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure you pluck that out of a future timeline that you just shot into.
0: Listen, listen. I you'll don't really care about the spoiler.
1: Time, you'll forget by the time you get there. That so,
0: is really true, and, and I'll be like, on. oh, my God, you guys, look who it is. It's Roy Ken.
1: I never would have known. <laughs>
0: oh, that does sound like me. <laughs> uh, okay, have I watched anything else? I don't think so. I think that's, well, I mean, I have been watching random stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I've never seen that all the way through.
1: Mm. And
0: also it's it's something easy to watch while I work. I also yeah. started watching that one show, House of Cards again, but like oh, yeah. only like a half an episode. And then I was like, okay, that was enough. <laughs> because he got mad at his, like his, he got mad at like the main dude that helps him with everything. And I was like really upset.
1: Yeah, because I was
0: like, he, he does everything for you, and he's so Come nice. On.
1: Yeah,
0: so I got really frustrated, and I was like, okay, that was enough. <laughs> so, and lots of anime, obviously. I won't That's talk about time. anime, but seriously, if you guys like anime at all, or even if you don't like anime, Free Ren is one of the most profound shows I think I've ever watched in my entire life, and I would be surprised if it doesn't end up in as one of my favorite anime of all time by the time it's done it is so good sam it's the story of like the hero's party after like so the whole thing is is like hero's party has beat the demon king now what happens kind of thing
1: you you might as well be speaking french to me i know what none of this means
0: So like you know the trope of like oh the hero, like the hero's group. Like it's like a very it's like a high fantasy thing where it's like you gather a group of people, there's like the hero. I mean I I can I can deduce what
1: what the sentiment is.
0: Right. So they beat the demon king, and the very start of the anime is them coming home from beating the demon king and stopping the world from ending. And basically one of the party members is an elf. And the rest of them are, like, there's a dwarf and two humans. And so they have, like, a much shorter lifespan than her.
1: Yeah. And they're all racist. They're all like, we hate elves. No. Yeah.
0: That doesn't happen at all. It's a very, it's a very cozy anime, but it's very sad. It's very, very sad. I have cried, like, several times watching it. One time was, like, full sobbing. Because <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs> it's really good. Anyways. Okay. Uh, well, general thoughts on Guardians, volume two, you know, I'm high on life after watching that. I was like, yes, more comedy. (laughs) I really liked after watching what? Guardians two. Guardians. You're high on life after watching it. Yeah, I liked it. You liked it. Yeah. I didn't like the sad parts, but I liked the rest of the (laughs) parts.
1: that that's a deeply profound thoughts that you've shared there you were, we're just giving general thoughts sad at the sad parts
0: yeah i'm here for this is the kind of content thought. people
1: come come here for you know
0: i know they do
1: that level of insight if, is... if
0: anybody is here this long and has been watching the podcast this long they know that i'm crazy so
1: So that's, that's your whole general thoughts? Just
0: liked it?
1: Yeah, I loved it. See, now you've gone to love it. We were at like, and now you're at love it.
0: No, I said I was high on life.
1: <laughs> so which one is it? Do you like it or do you love it? Because <laughs> oh those are two different things.
0: What did you think of the film?
1: Wow, just no answers to the questions.
0: Yep, deflecting.
1: Um, yeah, I, I really, really like this film. Um, general consensus from a lot of people is that the first Guardians is better than the second. I just don't see that um, at all. I get that like the, the first Mm-mm. Guardians holds a, a special place in a lot of people's hearts because, you know, it was the new fresh thing at the time and it was unlike anything we'd really seen before. Um, but I think mm-hmm. on pretty much every level, Volume 2 has it beat, whether we're talking about uh, general, overall narrative arc, themes, mm-hmm. character development, villain um soundtrack, I think acting
0: you know. skills um, I, I think
1: I they don't got know that, better. <laughs> I mean it's kind of like the same as anything really where that they ease more into the character the more uh-huh. times they play them and the more time they spend with them. I don't know that know. anyone was necessarily bad in part one.
0: Oh I was, I did have a hard time with Drax. I remember specifically talking about that. But then Honestly, we, I,
1: we but, had but is the whole that, thing. What, what, I can't remember. what I don't know how much we got into that. Was that because of what his character was like or you actually had a problem with the acting itself?
0: We did have this discussion. And if I remember correctly, I had a problem with the acting itself where I said, like, I recognize that, like, this is a good role for him to play, like, not being as, like, uh, seasoned of an actor as some mm. of the others. And so, like, I think that he's doing a good job in the role, but I still think that there were some issues where he wasn't, like, he wasn't quite settled into the role. Almost is what it felt like. I think, sure. but I think he, like, really knocked it out of the park this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you know, just, again, just surface level, everybody was not necessarily fully on the A game the whole time, but really bringing it. Um, yeah. I think visually it's more interesting as well. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a film that is often overlooked and underrated when it comes to sort of general rankings of all the films thus far. Yeah, um,
0: I mean, honestly, I, now that you're saying it was like visually interesting, maybe I should have watched it visually.
1: <laughs> you're trying to rile me up. And it's not working. Because I know you watched it.
0: I I did I did actually watch it because I ate dinner. That I found the trick. If I eat food.
1: Ah see, there we go. There we go. That's that's the that's the trick. And then I can't Um,
0: crochet because I'm using my hands for food.
1: Yeah, I mean, like as we sort of transition out of general thoughts, I'll just share this thing here. Um Mm -hmm. When James Gunn, who writes and directs these films, obviously, um when he came on and did the first Guardians, obviously, well, not obviously, um <laughs> I only I only say obviously because I I've known this information for so long, but I don't know how actually like mainstream it is. I'm sure it wouldn't have crossed your path necessarily. Um, but it was quite well known that most people thought that the Guardians was gonna fail, that it was gonna be marvel's first real like hard flop um obviously that didn't happen the first film came out and was super successful and sort of as we said when we talked about it a few weeks ago sort of reinvigorated some people's passion for the mcu Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: gave them something different or different enough um and he was then almost immediately sort of brought in for discussions about like because Kevin Feige is the top dog of the MCU, right? He's the, the sole main producer, he produces all of the stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and he it took like, everything needed not art there. <laughs> yeah, he has he has final creative say and everything. Um so he's like god when it comes to the MCU. Right. After First Guardians, Kevin was like, Hey James, you want to help me like co-run this thing? Mm. Because Everyone was so impressed with how Guardians performed and also just how like well made it was as a film. you know, introducing that many new characters all at once, having them all be relatively compelling to different degrees, having it stylistically be very distinct um, And also we hadn't really had anything space-based in the MCU at that point so it was like a brand new corner of the, the universe that was now open um, for ex- mm-hmm. further exploration so he was he was like considered for it and he did have active input in a lot of films between guardians 1 and guardians 2 like creatively not necessarily like actively changing stuff but he was consulted guardians 2 is the film that makes me Upset that that never actually really came to fruition because I've said it before, but the thing I love most about the MCU is the, the characters and how you know there can be big introductory moments for characters and others can be incredibly subtle and they only become major players later down the line, and it makes it feel very um, multi layered and quite real. Um, As silly as that sounds to say. And Guardians, you know, without going into spoilers just yet, does things with a lot of secondary characters from the first film and makes them like some of my favorites Mm. of the entire squad or, you know, ensemble or whatever. Um, And if that was something that was applied globally across all of these Marvel films, I think it would be such, not that it isn't nuanced, but it would be, I think, way more interesting um, because James Gunn, and he's replicated this when he's trans- transitioned over to DC now. He focuses a lot on the more obscure, weird characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, G- Guardians of the Galaxy were unheard of before the film, really. They were like a, yeah. a C or D tier team. Um and he brought them up to, to the spotlight and he's doing that with most characters that he's he's working on. So to give a huge amount of screen time and spotlight and, and um, value to characters that most other films might sort of turn a bit of a blind eye towards, and you'll see this in some future stuff, I'm not gonna say what, but when they focus in on those characters that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to. I think that that's mm. where these films and projects in general are the most interesting. Um, so yeah, it's a very long winded thick thing that I just said, but contextually, I think that's interesting that these films did so well and were so unique compared to everything else that they're surrounded by that he almost, you know, in a, in a parallel universe, he could have been running the ship at this point. Um, but alas, he's not. Is that for better or for worse? I guess we'll technically never know. But I think I think the point I'm making is that the MCU as it exists now is worse off because it doesn't have James Gunn in it anymore.
0: Yeah, and I know that there was like a few controversies around this, and mm-hmm. I don't know the timeline, so. I was curious on that as well, um, but before we transition into that, um, just to kind of so for 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 James Gunn, he mm-hmm. just recently left, like two years ago, a year ago, right? It, it,
1: it depends because technically he oh like God, left he hair. probably about <laughs> like twenty twenty. Okay, but because of covid and stuff that delayed so he technically took over for dc whilst he was still filming volume three okay so like he was kind of like an there was an interstitial period where he was technically doing both um and couldn't like fully walk out the door until he obviously finished promoting um volume three
0: Right, um, makes
1: sense. So yeah, like if you're talking officially, he was he's fully done with the MCU. Um, early when did when did Guardians three come out? This year. This year, yeah, May fifth, yeah, yeah. So that was when he was officially done.
0: Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and then. There are several controversies that I remember, and I don't know what the timeline is. I remember there was one controversy where there was like an issue with Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody had
0: tweeted something, and I think it was James Gunn.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What is the timeline of that? I'm just curious. Like was um, that before so, this or after this?
1: Or no, it was it was not long after this. So this Guardians 2 came out in 2017. And then I think it was like middle-ish of 2018 Mm -hmm. I will remain as neutral when I'm describing this as possible because it it could descend into something from what I remember James Gunn as were many people online being heavily critical of um, Trump okay Um, and someone or a group of people I don't know sort of sleuthed and went Way back on his Twitter timeline um, and found jokes that he'd made because James Gunn was a comedian before he got into right. filmmaking. Um, or, you know, he's probably doing both at the same time, but before he'd fully transitioned to being a filmmaker, he was a comedian. Um, and some of the jokes that he had posted on Twitter and potentially other social media stuff were. Um, To put it lightly, in poor taste, Um, there was, you know, I I won't, obviously, I mean, I can't remember any of them, but they were, like, related to the Holocaust. There was some, like, pedophilia (laughs) stuff in there. And very clearly jokes, but obviously, you know, um, as we've gotten further and further to present day, People have become more sensitive, rightly and wrongly so, in certain situations, and people just decided to run with that. Um, yeah, and obviously, I do remember of, that the criticism of Trump. They were like, "We're going to use this as ammunition to try and like get rid of him, cancel him." I guess. Yeah. Um, and particularly because of like the pedophilia jokes. Um, obviously, you can't really have that hanging around your head and work yeah. at Disney. Yeah. So um they they fired him. Um, even though he came out and publicly apologized and like clarified what what it was, but he says, you know, it doesn't excuse you. I was a very different person. That was ages ago. I've grown and changed as we all do. Um yeah. but he took responsibility. He was like yes, they are in poor taste. Regardless, they let him go. And then I think it was the next year, so 2019. I think that's right where um Disney brought him back on to direct part 3 because he had written it at that point but it was at that point somebody else was probably going to take over directorial duties um and like ev- all the cast had been petitioning really hard to bring him back um weren't there a
0: couple of th- people that were saying like I will not continue my role unless he comes back kind of thing
1: um the only person that I remember saying that was um, Batista. Drax. Okay,
0: that's that's what I remember as well. Um, that
1: there might have been somebody else. I-, I think maybe Vin Diesel said that as well,
0: mm.
1: but I-, I I can't guarantee. All of them expressed all of the main guys. I
0: think Vin Diesel did say something as well because then there were jokes of like he doesn't even say anything, so like we'll just use recordings of his voice or something yeah. like that.
1: Okay. Um, but no, he w- he was brought back on, and obviously, some people were upset about that. Other people were very happy. I was happy. Um, you know, for the record, I'm not afraid to say that I was glad that he got brought back on. Yeah. Uh, not only and because, think,
0: like people, context be was super to important. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like he and it, he wasn't like he was like, oh, it's a joke, guys, get over it. When they surfaced, right. um. He was like, "Yeah, it, it's really bad. I take responsibility. I've changed right. as a person." And I'm like, "Well, if if people do that, and it's clear because of you know how he is, seemingly for all intents and purposes, all we know is how he treats people on set and stuff. He seems like a, an actually genuinely lovely guy." Yeah. So I was like, "I'm yes, I don't like the jokes, but they're jokes. So it's like, come on." Yeah. Um and also you know not not to jump the gun too much uh, um but for the end result you know to, for him to be able to finish his trilogy um, Yeah. and whether that worked or not who knows um, we'll see you. once we get to walking 3 <laughs>
0: okay thank you for the the history lesson
1: there you go it's very remember, very interesting
0: i remembered a lot of it but not everything yeah so um okay well let's see what do we want to hit um let's go ahead and start with soundtrack just because i think Mm -hmm. that that's we usually start with that and also it's like pretty essential to guardians so i think it's worth specifically talking about um am i wrong or did they reuse some of the songs from the first movie which is totally fine i'm just trying to remember if like my brain I'm trying to figure out if my brain is crazy.
1: <laughs> um I'm going to look up the the track list. Um I don't remember there being anything.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Not in terms of like licensed music, I don't think.
0: Okay. I f- I... Obviously
1: in terms of the the original score, yeah.
0: yes. But... No, I I did mean the licensed film or the licensed music. So
1: uh, let's see. Uh-uh. uh no
0: okay so then i am crazy that's fine i'm okay with that yeah uh-uh. um okay. i am i
1: am rechecking as as we're talking just so i'm not coming across as stupid
0: i have never seen this person in my whole life
1: yeah, they're they're all they're all different.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, alrighty, so then for music, um, mm-hmm. do you think that this the licensed music was better this time or worse this time? I'm curious, or equal.
1: This is a very interesting question, um, because as you say, it's so essential to these films. Um, James Gunn storyboards these scenes Mm. before he shoots them to these tracks. Right. Um, I think the answer that I always end up on is that volume one, the majority of the tracks on volume one are more iconic and synonymous with Guardians in terms of actual track list, I prefer volume two. So I think like on a wide mainstream level, most of the songs licensed on volume one, people would probably, if they'd heard them before and had seen Guardians of One would recognize them more than they would a song from volume two and associated with mm. volume two but i think for thematic reasons narrative reasons um and also just the way in, in the scenes in which some of the songs are used um I, I prefer volume two
0: okay i think i do prefer volume one's music as That's well me. as like how everything is like choreographed i'm not mm-hmm. saying the volume two is bad but i did feel like it was like a little bit more separated from the music slightly okay not thematically but like choreographed scenes does that make sense like
1: yeah like have like the
0: fight scenes and stuff like that like i feel like it was a little bit more separated but yeah yeah um anything else you wanted to say about the
1: soundtrack? um i mean i i i agree with you in the sense that it might feel a little bit more disconnected but on on the flip side i appreciate that um at various points throughout the film the song choices are directly acknowledged and yeah. sometimes woven into the, the plot itself um,
0: yeah
1: like Peter and, and ego talking about um, you know Brandy you're a fine girl and stuff and how that links back to his mom um, you know without fully going there yet at the very end where it's you know Cat Stevens father and son um, I think that that's what that's what makes me like it more. Because for Guardians one I remembered the music and for volume two I remembered the scene with the music yeah that
0: makes sense yeah that makes sense I think that that's that's probably not that I like have I'm that far from watching the show but I imagine that that's also how I'll remember it mm. yeah I think I, I I definitely agree with that
1: Mr blue sky at the at the start you know
0: yeah. I did really not enjoy to say the that volume beginning. one doesn't have that, but yeah, I did. I did really enjoy that opening scene.
1: Yeah,
0: with little baby Groot. He's baby so Groot. cute. He's very, very cute. Very sassy. The beginning to the end with Groot is just great. Like especially like the teenage Groot at the post credit. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Um. Okay. Let's see what else. Um. Okay. Just because it's on my mind. Four post-credit scenes? That seems, like, excessive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, they're very... They're they're quite minor, though. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, Well, I mean, two of them are quite short. And the other ones are a little bit more substance. Mm. But, um... Because, like... Part of me, you could think, like if you didn't know the timeline, that it might have just been that if the overlap of the controversy and stuff was happening, James Gunn was just trying to cram as much future setup as possible so that there uh-huh. were news to go. Um, but obviously, that, there was no overlap. The The controversy happened after the film was released. I just think that James himself wanted to have as many doors open to him as possible. Yeah. Um, You know, it, as trilogies often particularly do, they, the Stanley. Fan
0: out. That was the the real path that they should have taken. The family. No, Stanley.
1: Oh, Stanley. Uh, yeah,
0: they should have really explored that one.
1: I mean. <laughs> m- <laughs> oh, hey is is that indicative of who was he talking to you know that's a good question i don't know maybe it's maybe it will never get touched on again
0: it's a good chance
1: it is because the cameos never really lead to anything (laughs) so um but yeah look I i get what you mean but i think that it's just he he wanted to fan out as much as possible, you know, going from a quite narrow thing in part one into part two into part three.
0: Yeah. I don't think that I was that bothered by how many there were. I just was shocked.
1: Yeah. Like, oh that's it. Oh, there's another one. Oh, that's it. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think I was more shocked than anything. Um Um, she's the the golden
1: woman is is like a cocoon. It's like well what's going on.
0: I was very interested because I was like, these why are these people gold?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just out of are.
0: I know. And I was like, I kind of think it'd be kind of fun to be like like obviously it'd be on it would fun be fun to be on the set for any of these films, but I feel like being a gold person for a little bit would be interesting.
1: <laughs> probably be really annoying because you'd get warm very quickly.
0: Yeah, probably. But for those few minutes that I wasn't warm.
1: Yeah.
0: I'd be having a good time. Yeah. And then I'd be like, get me out of here. <laughs> mm. Um, okay. Uh question for you. So for the bath teleportation thing that happens towards the end of the film where they like, I think they said that they teleport like over a hundred, I can't remember. Something they jump a bunch of times, basically. It's not teleported, mm-hmm. it technically, jump. So, from that, we get to see a bunch of scenes. I'm curious, do any of those come back? Because we saw you mean a all, bunch all, of the, all the different
1: uh, places that they fly past?
0: Uh huh. There has to uh, be one in there that's like no. referencing something really, nothing.
1: No. Oh, I mean
0: that's disappointing.
1: Well, referencing something, there is something there that's referencing something. But it's not gonna be picked up on. Like it's it's super inside baseball. Like oh. one of the thing I don't even know if you'll remember this when I say it, but one of the things that they fly past is like two people made out of rocks fighting each other.
0: Uh-huh
1: well that is I mean that th- that is a race of things in the comics as far as I know um, but also, if you'll remember the uh, top tier instant classic that is Thor the Dark World um <laughs> at the very beginning of that film, he fights a big thing made of rocks and just like, uh... smashes them with... so it's like hey th- these things exist. will we ever see uh... them again? Who knows? Anybody's guess.
0: For sure. Okay.
1: But no, like, there there isn't anything significant. Yeah.
0: They could have used something there.
1: Yeah. But, like, Like, don't you think it would have,
0: especially like with Doctor Strange, it would have been interesting to, like, go through that, like, what's his face's world for just a moment?
1: Yeah, but see that they, they aren't, they're not dimension hopping. They're just, Uh, It's like a wormhole. They're just going through different points in space. So, yeah, God, brie, that wouldn't make sense. Jesus,
0: (laughs) you're right, my bad.
1: (laughs) But like, I I understand your point, regardless of like having something in there. But I think Mm -hmm. the reason that there isn't because it would be like the perfect place to put something in. Yeah. um, James Gunn has been on the record, not the times of like, yes. Obviously, I know we're we're all part of a bigger universe, but as of right now, he wasn't really concerned about tying in lots of different stuff and having lots of, oh, you see, that's a person that I know from here. Mm -hmm. Um, He he liked his being a bit more standalone, you know? Yeah. Um, He wanted it to be, you could just watch the two Guardians films and know what was happening, basically. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I get that.
0: Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. This movie passes the Bechtel test.
1: Hooray. Can
0: you believe it?
1: I I can because it does.
0: <laughs> it's one of I think this is the only the what second or third time this has happened, maybe. Hmm. In everything maybe. that we've watched. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: Marvel are just raging with misogynists so
0: it's true yeah it's true (laughs) um so at at this point in time Guardians volume 2 who's your favorite guardian of the galaxy
1: rocket and it's not even close
0: still I assume
1: um, still, as in from volume one, or you mean persisting into the future?
0: Into the future,
1: I mean, that would be spoilers. <laughs>
0: oh, god, ah, I can't,
1: okay. I can't because what if the answer was different? Then that suggests that something awesome, or cool, or interesting, or compelling happens with a different character,
0: or something bad happens with
1: Rocket. Well, yeah, either or. But I don't want to I don't want to have you infer anything from what I say.
0: Yeah. I have to say I I at this point mm-hmm. I do think that like Rocket is probably the best, like he's the best written character. Like in terms of like depth and like story arc and all of that stuff. I feel like Peter and Gomorrah have interesting stories and I feel like they're technically more like quote unquote main characters Mm -hmm. than Rocket but I still think that like they don't for some reason it doesn't feel like their characters are as in depth as Rocket still and I think it's because they're like they explore Rocket's emotions a little bit more and like his emotional development as compared to the other characters that's my theory but I have to say, I do personally really love Baby Groot. I think everybody does, but
1: yeah, who 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 can?
0: Yeah, I think as
1: as Taserface says in the film, he's too adorable to kill. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) dude, there are so many like gags in this, like or running jokes or bits or whatever. Like the you've got a terrible name, and then the lady answering the call as he's dying is like, "What is that name?"
1: (laughs) Sniggering to (laughs) herself. yeah.
0: It was really good. I loved that. That was a really funny joke. Like the whole baby Groot just like is dumb now.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, he's a baby.
0: I know he's he is a baby. He, he's just a baby. He, he's very also
1: cute. just to reiterate the point, not the same Groot as the first film. It yeah, is Groot's which son. is
0: really depressing. No, it's not. It is really depressing.
1: The original Groot got to go out saving his friends, and he he lives on through his son, who's adorable little baby. And a sassy baby.
0: Well, yeah. Now he's a, a teenager.
1: And a sassy teenager now,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: <laughs> He's so cute. I love Groot. Um, I will say, like, the whole, the whole, like, tape scene where he's like, can somebody give me some tape? Like, that scene went on for, like, way too long, but, like, in a good way.
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
0: It was so good. He's like, did you ask her? See, I do. you were like to me, like that whole. So funny. And then he pressed the right button. I'm so proud of him.
1: He did. He's got to believe in him.
0: Well, (laughs) I think if they had reiterated several times (laughs) and the whole thing with like him, like not being able to grab the right thing, like (laughs) it's so funny.
1: Bringing the toe.
0: Okay. I wish that they had looped back on that. I understand it's that they a like don't. I think it would have been funny if like somebody woke up and was like screaming, like, where's my toe? <laughs> like in the background of all of that chaos. Maybe. <laughs> I think that would have been really funny. But
1: maybe
0: it shall never be mentioned again. So no. <laughs> ah I can't believe he just had a toe. That was so weird. <laughs> you know, Fruit as trees toes. do. Canon. Ew. He's a foot fetish. Is that what you're telling?
1: Can either confirm or deny. You know what happens in Volume Three? Does it get wild? Maybe.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Okay. What else do we want to talk about for characters? We talked about Groot. Um, I really did like uh, Yondu and Rocket. Like their, like the the pairing, and like. Rocket's like the the ending realization that he's like everybody came for him. Like I feel like that was a lot for Rocket. It was a lot for me emotionally. You guys know how I am. I didn't cry, but I I thought about it. I was like, dang,
1: that's really not only do I think that the Yondu and Rocket pairing is inspired and handled very well in this film, I also think it's the best part of the film, and. As you mentioned it specifically, I think that the ending to this film is probably one of the best in the entire franchise. Because it's incredibly understated, but there is so much going on. Like a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh yeah, Yondu's dead, that's sad. Um, you know, Rocket cries. But they don't really think beyond that they're like wait rockets rockets crying like that's not what that's not something rocket does and i mean you you mentioned the line of you know they, they showed up you know they, they came everybody came for, for for yondu and how earlier in the film you have the yondu argument with rocket where it's like i i know who you are because you're me how they both appear to be abrasive a-holes because it's a defense mechanism you know um, they keep everybody at more than arm's length because they're scared about what will happen to the people and to what will happen to them if they let anybody get too close um, like I always say it because it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud but for Marvel to be able to make me care this much about a CGI raccoon you know like
0: there's got to be good storytelling going
1: on there if they can do that Mm -hmm. because again going back to before the first Guardians film came out they were like wait there's a talking tree and a raccoon as Mm -hmm. main characters yep not sure about this one um but they're scene stealers and they're probably the best characters that have been introduced uh thus far Mm. i think it's i think it's so 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 powerful because it speaks volumes to rocket as a character without even really saying all that much you know
0: yeah
1: like the final interaction between rocket and quill is you know, they came and quills like they did. And it's like even though um, even though he stole batteries, they don't need which is obviously in reference to himself from the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, not yeah. to not to Yondu. And Quill just sort of like hangs on a look at Rocket, realizing what Rocket is implying to himself. And he's like, well, of course, you know? And it's, it's the realization for Rocket that what he's doing isn't working and it wouldn't even matter if it did because the people that love you will love you, you know, unconditionally um, and will love you despite your flaws.
0: Mm-hmm. And Rocket
1: is an incredibly flawed creature. Um, And he thinks that that makes him unworthy of love Um, Mm -hmm. But that's just categorically untrue It's um Honestly, it's it's the ending that I point people back to the most if I'm like If you actually consider what this ending is don't just Mm -hmm. watch it surface level if you consider what it means and what is being inferred and you know again uh, Cat Stevens' father and son. That song playing, listening to the lyrics of that song, what that song means. It's incredibly powerful stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think like they're pretty consistent with Rocket because right, like his whole thing is is that he doesn't know what he is. Like technically, like he's like a raccoon or whatever, but he's not a raccoon. Right, he it's just exactly. So, but I think I think the
1: like. Sorry to to Not jump here. in, but I think just the the point is, and you might have been making this. I I apologize if you are. Um, <laughs> but it's Rocket probably does know that he's a raccoon, but he is running from who he is emotionally.
0: Right. You
1: know, like he doesn't want to accept what and who he is
0: mm-hmm.
1: because throughout the film, it's inferred that he's been through a lot of trauma and has experienced a lot of things, you know, in the first film you see, he's got all that hardware, like jammed into his back. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he's one of the most interesting characters in, in the franchise, personally. Yeah. Um, I completely interrupted your point.
0: No, that was the point I was going to make, and you said it much more eloquently than God I would have. So. <laughs>
1: I apologize.
0: No need. Um, okay. What else do we want to talk about? Okay, they just threw in a bunch of like really interesting actors here, by the way, like Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell. (laughs) Like, what was happening? Mm -hmm. They were just like, hey, really famous person. Did you want to be in this movie? And they were like, yeah. Yeah. And aren't you so Um, proud of them? They didn't just throw in a really famous actor and just like throw him away. I mean, technically, ego's gone, but they used him well. I they did so proud moment. yeah
1: I mean I, I don't know like you would think I would but I'm I'm actually not sure on the interpersonal dynamics of what's going on but James Gunn is one of those mm-hmm. filmmakers who will repeatedly use actors that he's friends mm-hmm. with. So it could be that he already had some kind of relationship with someone like Stallone before um, this film because he has used Stallone in in subsequent films. Um, like he was in the Suicide Squad and stuff like that mm. at DC. Um, but yeah, like I don't I don't know, or maybe it is just that the first Guardians was so well received that you know, people like that reached out and were like, I'd love to be a part of this, and to whatever degree, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I like that everybody is used well in in the capacities mm-hmm. that they are involved in the film in and that none of them are like trying to steal scenes. At least in terms of like the characters, the actors that have the smaller side parts like Stallone, like he, he isn't, I don't think he's chewing the scenery necessarily. I don't rate him that much as an actor. Yeah. But I think that, you know, for the role that he had, it was like, yeah, okay, I, I you fit the part well, I suppose, like a gruff leader. I of... thought it was great. Yeah,
0: I thought that was a great moment. I thought mm-hmm. he was used really well. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I, I really did like the, like the reflection of like, I guess, Stakar to Yondu. And then yondu to peter quill Mm -hmm. like that reflection of like stakar helped yondu yondu helped peter although stakar didn't know that he was helping him
1: and peter didn't know that yondu was helping him
0: yeah i i had a, a suspicion when they like when i heard the story the first time i was like well this sounds like an excuse but then when you hear Yondu tell the story the exact same way that Peter does, like, literally mm-hmm. almost word for word, it's like, oh, okay, so Peter's heard this excuse a million times. So this is yeah. for sure just made up. And then, of yeah. course, you get the confirmation of, like, of course, it was never about that. So. I'm also yeah. a little. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 please.
0: No, I was going to go to a different point. So if you were going to keep talking about. As
1: that, was I. So please okay. have, make your point. <laughs>
0: So I was just gonna say, Yarbu, I really enjoy his his power. I don't know if power is the right word because it seems to be a little bit more technology.
1: His his gimmick.
0: Yeah. yeah. His whole thing with the arrow. I think that's so interesting. He was really strong.
1: Mm-hmm. Like overpowered really, really strong. some
0: say. Yeah, is that why he had to die? Probably what happened no overpowered i mean
1: I, like technically i guess yes you can't have that kind of player on the board for too long yeah but i think like narratively it made sense here for, for yondu to go
0: yeah yeah it did so, for sure yeah although i would have liked having him around Anyways, i just of like, course i i i really hope that they bring that back i don't know if they're gonna like bring back his like crew member as the person that does that, but it's such a cool power.
1: I mean, he was he was practicing with it. it as one of the and credits.
0: did a terrible job with it. <laughs> Just we never saw Yondu get
1: started. You know, maybe Yondu was like that, stabbing maybe. people in the shoulder. Maybe, maybe. But well, a bit, I mean, that's sort of what I was. Um, the whole Yondu thing It's kind of what I was inferring at the very beginning. Um, in the spoiler-free bit of leveling up secondary characters like what a what a turnaround Uh uh-huh for yondu like yondu was great in the first film very funny and stuff a a little bit of an antagonistic force yeah but for him to do the 180 here to still be like a bit of a knob but you peel back the layers and you see that he really does care about peter and you know he's trying to empathize with rocket and obviously then sacrificing himself it's yeah. like probably one of, if not the best character in the film, besides Rocket. Um, which is it's it's absurd. Like you don't typically see that. I don't think from the first film to a sequel. Yeah. Um, not to this degree, anyway, for sure. So yeah,
0: but it all is still in line with this character, like from the first absolutely. film as well, which is I think awesome. Yeah. I think that they did a good job of like reflecting that.
1: Mary Poppins what a legendary moment.
0: <laughs> I did really enjoy that. I was like, well, no one else is there to tell him any uh, you know, otherwise. So, I guess yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he he doesn't know who Mary Poppins is so it's like Yeah. If if uh, Peter tells him he looks like Mary Poppins, he's going to take that as a compliment.
0: Uh-huh. I also love that they didn't say anything about the trinkets. Like they just mm. got have a bunch of trinkets at the end.
1: Yeah. He loved them. From I the mean, first one.
0: I guess like technically at the very end, he's like, oh, he was saving this for you. And that was technically a trinket. But you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It was yeah, just actual, like something like, that carry over stuff. from the first film without like yeah. being spoken. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, do you want to say anything about like Gamora and Nebula and that whole thing? Um, I don't really, I did like the line that was like, all I wanted was a sister.
1: Yeah. Um, and then
0: like Gamora coming back around on it and like, Hey, like I was just trying to survive and I was like, yeah, kid. I like that.
1: I think it's interesting. Like We don't really have that many sisters in the MCU um, to this day. So it's sort of like... I think that's a dynamic that I wish was investigated more, particularly because of how um, clearly volatile this one is Mm -hmm. for various reasons. Um, Nebula is a very divisive character. A lot of people just don't like her. because she's incredibly abrasive she speaks relatively monotonously um and i think that they just don't they haven't quite figured out at this point anyway i'm not saying that they have in the future but like where we are now they certainly haven't figured out really what to do with her as a character as opposed to just being someone that is angry at gamora because Gamora is better than her you know um she's just got like a permanent chip on her shoulder and some people are like that but that can come across as incredibly annoying to a lot of people um which it has yeah but that being said i still like that there is a dynamic between them even if it's not really fully capitalized on in any meaningful way um But, I mean, I'd agree with you with what you said earlier, that obviously not the Peter side necessarily, but the Gamora in this conversation side, that not that she's a nothing character, because she certainly is a character, but it is the characters are in a lane and they stick to that lane very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not much flexibility. Obviously, she's a bit more open to the idea of, you know, found family in this one and... Mm -hmm. um, compassion for for peter but yeah i feel like that if there was just a little bit more give and take and shifting it could be a bit more compelling but i don't have issues with any of it necessarily
0: yeah for sure i i think it's it's interesting like to your earlier point that like she has become she almost has become a side character even though we technically know that she's a main character, whereas like mm-hmm. the side characters almost became main characters kind of thing. Yeah. So, interesting. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about that relationship or nah. really Nebula. Um, anything you want to say about Mantis? I good. <laughs> She was a really good character. I liked her. I hope she comes back again. Even if it's just for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she just brings a bit of, not that the team itself isn't like bouncy and light, because it is a lot of the time. Just but, fresh. Don't yeah, and, and a bit of a new dynamic. Um, and obviously a, an interesting power. But um, yeah, no, I think, you know, speaking of, Scenes that I love and kind of go over look. I think that one of the most interesting and, and often powerful scenes is where Mantis is sat out on the steps with Drax. Um, and you know, there's the whole gag about you know, you're ugly, you know, you're horrific to look at, and stuff like that. And that's yeah. all that's all very fun, the dynamic between the two of them, because Drax is aggressively blunt and um yeah. literal and mantis is naive and she's not experienced in socializing um but i think you know drax starts i can't remember how they get to the, the conversation but drax starts talking about his family you know his his wife and daughter
0: it's the lake he said that looks like a lake that i worked to. that's the it yes
1: time. yeah you know he starts talking about them and sort of reminiscing because obviously they're dead um you know, Thanos killed. Whoa, him. spoilers. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, it's, it's mentioned <laughs> in, in the first film and in this one. Um, <laughs> but he starts talking about them and, you know, is composed and he's sort of smiling just, just a little bit, you know, as you would if you're reminiscing on, on a good time. Um, but then, you know, Mantis goes to touch him to feel his emotion and she sort of breaks down crying. Mm-hmm. you know? and while she's doing that Drax is still just sort of contemplatively looking out mm-hmm. at the the view and again speaking of things that where it says so much without really saying anything yeah i think that that gives a massive insight to drax and who he is and the strength that he must have
0: yeah cuz i mean obviously he's in like a, that would infer like he's in so much pain Mm-hmm. At all times, like that's just like his base state kind yeah. of
1: thing, which makes sense. But it's just that we don't ever see it. Yeah, because he is often the the comic relief in most scenes. Yeah, it's like you're that disgusting.
0: That
1: is... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm imagining being with you physically. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I think that just even if even if and I'm not saying it is or isn't, but even if it was never touched upon again. The fact that that has been established as an element of his character, I think if you are able to keep that in mind, it makes him not super compelling necessarily, but far more compelling of a character. Yeah. Um, because almost any interaction he has, past and future, sort of is somewhat recontextualized.
0: Uh huh. I agree.
1: Um, and can inform a lot of potentially the decisions that he makes you know he, mm-hmm. he came across i mean he, he always comes across as an idiot but you know in the first film when he um calls ronin and his goons you know to, to and sort of gets into the fight and almost gets killed and stuff you're like why the hell would he do that but then you sort of with yeah. this in kind of information you get it because he says you know you killed my wife and daughter and stuff but with this it's mm-hmm. like the rage that must be seeing inside of him, you can understand why he might be that kind of impulsive, making stupid decisions as anybody would when they're that angry.
0: Yeah, you also and get so. another moment with him, um, specifically in relation to his wife, where he's like, you know, there's people that dance and there's people that don't, and mm-hmm. then he like talks about how his wife was the only one that didn't dance, and she would never <laughs> dance. <laughs> that kind of thing. It makes my nether regions so. gorge. <laughs> oh, that's so
1: good. That's, he's so good. He's great.
0: That was so gross. Uh, yeah. He says it so matter-of-factly, though. <laughs> like, if anybody else were to say that, like, like that's no what makes context, him great. It would be really awful. But it was just like, ugh, he's just being so literal.
1: It, it's but, it's it's Drax behavior, you know. It's yeah what we expect from him, and when he when he serves and delivers it, it's nothing but they, entertaining. So
0: they really push the line with his character, though. Like and kudos to them for like not going over that line, but man, they are right on that line.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, um, is there okay, last piece here for characters? Um, I would say like Peter and his father ego, which is obviously is a highly appropriate name. Mm-hmm. Do you okay? Do you believe that he actually did love his mother? Because I don't think he did.
1: I mean, I think I think he did, but it's kind of like how he contextualizes it um, in the film. You know, where it's sort of like it's more of like a pet thing, you know, mm. which obviously isn't the same as actual love. But I think he did like care about Meredith um, but obviously not enough <laughs> um, yeah, or not in the ways that mattered.
0: I would almost argue that he didn't. I think he just thought he did
1: potentially. But... I think I think it's it's left purposely quite vague because I think if we'd seen contextual information that reflected one of ego's other relationships with someone else of a different species you know when he was trying Uh to make a a child if that had had a completely (laughs) different dynamic or a similar dynamic we could have inferred something either which way there yeah but because we don't get that and it's like well we do know that he went back multiple times for meredith they looked like they were having a great time you know meredith obviously very clearly loved him so, uh, I I like that that answer isn't quite given.
0: Yeah, um, I I definitely agree. I don't need the answer, but yeah. that would be my answer is that he mm-hmm. probably didn't. Yeah. The
1: likely answer is he probably didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, look at the way he treated his offspring when they failed him. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Well. Um, do you want to say anything else about any of the characters or themes or story <laughs> of the movie just any other things that we didn't touch on
1: um when I first watched this film I was kind of disappointed that they gave Peter these powers and then took them away I was um, as well just say... Yeah, but on reflection, I think if Peter had those kind of crazy powers, it would have like fundamentally changed who he is and what he brings as a character.
0: That is true.
1: Like, I, Peter Quill works best when he is the goofy guy stumbling around that is still... Incredibly fallible and can't do everything and is often when he tries to do something. It's messy and goes yeah. wrong um, and That inherently brings with it, you know stakes and, and risk that he is mm-hmm. he isn't invulnerable or anything. He hasn't Got superpowers. He's just got you know blasters and misplaced sense of charm um, So like, I liked that he had them and they look cool and the implications were cool. Um, but I think that it was ultimately the right choice to strip them. Because, again, it kind of, like, goes back to the themes of the film of found family, mm-hmm. you know. He could have stayed with Ego or let Ego live or whatnot um, and kept the powers, but he chose to sacrifice all of that potential and that strength for the people that he realized truly mattered you know Mm -hmm. that truly cared about him because ego didn't care about him
0: yeah
1: quill was just a means to an end um so yeah i think a lot of people didn't don't like because i mean i guess it's technically a spoiler but also not he doesn't have any of these powers going forward um I think that, that was the right call ultimately.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't seen anything past this so I can't say if I would feel the same way or not, but I feel like I am a bit concerned. I'm sure it'll be it'll be totally fine, but I am at this point in time a bit concerned how Peter is going to uh stand with the other avengers because obviously he's going to be part of Like, even if he's not an Avenger, he's going to be part of that group at some point. Hmm. And it feels like, not that he's not strong, but he just doesn't have anything really in comparison to everybody else. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Certainly not in terms of, like, abilities, but I think
0: that
1: he is... It's going to sound stupid when I say it, but I think you'll understand my implication. He is... A bit of a, a strategist you know right he's very much a you know this is this comes with its whole potential heap and barrel of trouble but he's like a bit of a ladies man um which could come in handy at some point you know you don't know and i think the main thing is that he's a leader of yeah. his group um they will listen to him most of the time um And his knowledge of space, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I think that that, that's outside of, like, abilities, because I think he is relatively outmatched by most other people, outside of maybe, like, a Hawkeye or a Black Widow. Um, But his his knowledge and his expertise and his smarm, what he brings to the table, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to see how he'll mesh. I'm sure it'll be great, but... I, I do have some be. reservations about it. So
1: maybe he sucks.
0: Maybe. You know. Um again, you. That's true. I don't know how many times I have to say.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying who knows, you know. You
0: know. Uh, um, okay. Any other themes? Or anything that you wanted to discuss on this? I do have one, uh, one final question. We do still have to do the ranking. But
1: okay. I I don't think so. Okay. I think most of the important things I've touched on.
0: Okay. So the planet that is ego. Mm. Very beautiful, right? Very Very pretty visually planet, mm-hmm. right? Including, like, the first part where they're like, oh, look at these, like, rainbow bubbles. When you pop them, they, like, turn into a bunch of bubbles, that kind of thing. Yeah. Are those thought bubbles or are they farts?
1: I see you're asking the real questions here. (laughs) I need to know. Um, (laughs) I can categorically wholeheartedly say I have never once, even for a split second, <laughs> considered what they are or much less for them to be either of the two things that you just said.
0: <laughs> you see, this is what I bring to the table.
1: <laughs> if I had to put like a genuine assumption, I would probably say that not not farts, but like um <laughs> natural gas is being expelled from within the planet. Yeah. That would be my assumption.
0: My assumption is that they're thought bubbles.
1: Or I, I do I do quite like that, but I mean, what's the implication of popping them? You know, what does that mean? Um,
0: you lose your train of thought. Hey, maybe
1: maybe that's maybe that's why ego goes off the deep end.
0: Mm-hmm. They popped the thought,
1: it was all Drax's fault. Um or it could just be visually looks kind of cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's probably what it is. But that's I like, probably is what it is. <laughs> I like thinking about this. So what can I say? Yeah. Uh okay. Mm, do we have anything missing from the through line? I don't think there's a lot of through line here.
1: No. Okay. Um, no,
0: no. Okay. Um, okay, so ranking list, before you even say it, do you want me to read the top five or like below?
1: G- give me the top five.
0: Okay. Civil War, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, then Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1, is six. Okay,
1: so so Civil War is one,
0: then Winter Soldier,
1: then Winter Soldier, Guardians 2 goes in number two spot,
0: above Winter Soldier, okay, we actually have it in the same position, (sighs) although the films around are wildly different. (laughs)
1: Isn't Ant Man your number one currently?
0: No, Doctor no? Strange is.
1: Oh yeah, of course it is, of course. Where, where's Ant Man?
0: <laughs> uh four. Four. Yeah.
1: Why,
0: so why, it's why Doctor. I
1: think was number one? Because I really know. loved
0: it. I
1: did. that's probably it. I just remember you yeah. saying you really enjoyed it.
0: I really loved it. Yeah. It took a lot for me to put it under Guardians Volume One.
1: That's, that's fine.
0: But if you want so to bring it's it up, right now. In right now. <laughs> right now it's Doctor Strange, then volume two, then volume one then Ant-Man, then Civil War. Okay. Which I'm glad that that's moving out of my top. Hopefully it gets out of the top five. (laughs) Disgusting. Disgusting. Uh, Okay, what's next?
1: Spider-Man.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Spider-Man is next, y'all. No Way Home.
1: God, don't, don't jump the gun. That's that's much further down the line.
0: <laughs> Dang it!
1: <laughs> no, it's it's Spider-Man: Homecoming.
0: Dang it! I was hoping.
1: You're getting confused because all of the titles have the word "home" in them.
0: Did they do that on purpose? Yes. I'm just kidding. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> no, they're just coincidence. And they look back after the third film. They're like, whoops, whoa, 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 did "What? Did you guys done? notice
0: that we did this?" funny would that be pretty funny it would be really funny and we would never know either did well, you I see like <laughs> okay this is tangential I'll make it quick did you see what I named the Doctor Strange review episode
1: Um, I don't think I have
0: I named it Mr. Doctor and the Power of Believing
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> The okay. inside baseball, I like it this is, These are good references
0: Yeah, and then the description Said, this week Sam and Brianna have come to bargain
1: oh, I like it, I like it Thank you Concise, but, you know If you know, you know
0: Uh huh. They're usually really concise Because I'm lazy <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that's fair, I do the same So
0: um okay well thank you guys so much for hanging out with us um special shout out to our current patrons uh we have bucky blue amon fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother brianna's wife Nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi j the stack network david hotright dave harp the xbox expansion pass alpaca tom and lee navarro thank you guys so much for your support you can also be added to this list for one dollar on our patreon so if you want to, you don't have to. But we would we would enjoy that. Because then we're one person closer to being to a thousand people, which is our goal. <laughs> uh, where can people
1: find you? Anywhere and everywhere. At Samhini, A E A Anyway.
0: Okay. You can find me at Fabulous Brianna, F-A B U L I S T, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. Again. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you in two weeks in your time. Many more weeks in mine. Bye.
1: <laughs> see ya.